Today, we're going to talk about how you can reset your finances and start gaining momentum with your goals. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, where we talk about how spouses can get on the same page, pay down their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. Today's episode is brought to you by the free course, Five Days to 5K. Many couples I talk to know what they should be doing, right? Pay down that debt, save money for emergencies or whatever goal they have. The tricky part though is where do you find the money for those goals? Five Days to 5K is a free email-based course that helps you find, save, and earn extra money on the side so you can reach your goals faster. If you're interested, you can sign up at couplemoney.com slash 5K. For some reason, I feel like April is a great time to review our financial progress. Maybe it's because it's the deadline for taxes or it's financial literacy month. I don't know. But during April, I'll poke around all our accounts, including investments, to make sure we're moving in the right direction. I'll also go over our goals for the year and see if we need to adjust anything. Now, if you signed up for the community newsletter, you got to look into a few of our goals for this year. We're looking at making a dent on our mortgage with some extra payments. We want to have enough in the general savings account to cover replacing a car if needed. And for me, I'm working on getting back into shape to tackle a 5K obstacle course. Now, if you haven't already, go ahead and take a little extra time checking your own goals and numbers. Things could be going smoothly, which is awesome. But if it's not, maybe you're behind on a goal or the two of you can't seem to make any headway on one of them. This episode is for you. We're going to look at how you can reset things, do some financial spring cleaning and build up some momentum. In this episode, we're going to get into why finances are a lot like fitness, the best resources to get on the same page as a couple. And also how to start paying off your debt faster, saving more, and creating your own path to financial freedom. Let's get started. Finances and fitness. On the surface, those two don't seem to go together. But when we started our journey with getting out of debt and then really began saving, I saw the connection. And I'm not the only one. Many in the personal finance space through their own journey noticed that there were definitely patterns to both. Ramith Sadie, personal finance author of the New York Times bestseller, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, noticed many parallels himself. For example, say you were telling your friends that you're trying to get back into shape. What usually happens? You get a ton of advice from people about what to eat or what not to eat when to eat, exercise tricks and hacks that they've read. And some of them are reasonable and some of them just seem a bit crazy. And then also, let's be honest, with fitness, if you really look at it, most of us know the essentials of what we need to do. We need to eat better and we need to exercise more. Even if you don't have an exact plan or you're not following a specific diet, you can have results if you follow just those two main principles of advice. And then look at finances. A lot of it is the same. When you're telling people that you're trying to get out of debt or maybe you're trying to save more, they have plenty of advice. Some of it can be reasonable. Some of it can seem like a get rich 
quick scheme. But what do we know? The fundamentals are the same. You want to spend less than you earn. And in some cases, that means cutting back and being smarter with your expenses. Other cases, it means that you have to grow your income. And then for most people, it's a little bit of both. But getting back into that example of getting into shape, getting back into fitness, what do you have to do? It's really about changing your habits. For me, I started exercising first thing in the morning because I knew if I waited later, I just wouldn't do it. I switched up my breakfast. One, I now consistently have breakfast and I decided the easiest thing for me to do is a protein shake. It's something quick and simple I can do in five minutes. And then I began changing my diet overall, cutting out the processed foods and starting to eat healthier. But I didn't do it all at once. I started changing these habits one at a time. And it's working. I'm dropping the pounds, but I'm also fitting into my old clothes. I feel stronger and I have more energy at the end of the day. And it's the same with your finances. You two probably have several goals you want to tackle, but what's your priority? Which one would you like to knock out first? If you're not sure which one you two need to tackle, try this. Go ahead and pull your numbers. If you've been doing money dates, you know the system. Use one of those money apps, maybe it's Teller, Mint, Zeta, Personal Capital, and see what you have. Which part of those numbers make you feel most uncomfortable? Do you feel like you don't have enough save for emergencies? Are your debts stressing you out? Maybe you're looking at your investments and you feel like you're way behind for where you guys are at. Look at the numbers and talk it over and see if the two of you can choose one goal to tackle. Because when you have one goal, it's easier to stay on task. It's, it's easier to follow your plan because your attention isn't trying to do a million things at once. It's just trying to do one. All right, so it's time to do a little spring cleaning with your finances. And I know we have several different goals that you guys could do, but I'm going to break it down into three main categories, paying down debts, saving more, and investing towards your future. Now, the good news here is you've already done two important steps. You've picked, or at least you're close to choosing, the priority that you're going to focus on, what goal is most important to you. And then you have your numbers in front of you. And this is crucial because if you don't know where you want to go, or you have no idea where you are now financially, it's hard to create a path moving forward or to get over the roadblock that you have. So with these, I'm just going to knock them out one by one, some common problems that couples have when they are trying to reach these goals and see if we can get you unstuck. Let's look at paying off debt. Now, two main hangups that many couples have when it comes to knocking out their debt is one, they can't seem to agree on which debt payoff method will be best for them. And then two, just staying motivated when you have a large amount of debt in front of you. There are different ways that you can tackle your debt and pay it off, but it boils down to basically two main methods. Are you going to pay off your debts one by one based on the interest rates, which is known as the debt avalanche approach, or are you going to pay off your debts by the balance, which is known as the debt snowball? While you can find really strong opinions for either one, it really boils down to what motivates the two of you to knock this out. For many people, when they see 
the interest rates, especially with credit cards compared to student loan, they want to attack their credit cards first because the interest rates are much higher. You're talking about around 20% or even more depending on what card you have. And that makes a lot of sense. Now for other couples, another way that makes sense to them is having this momentum, this idea of we've knocked down this small bill, could be someone that you owe $100, it could be a small credit card balance, and then working your way up is what keeps them motivated. And you really have to determine what works for the two of you. Some questions you might want to talk about is the time frame. Depending on the balance that you have, there could be a drastic difference between paying it off by interest rate or paying it off by the balance. I do have in the show notes a link to a debt payoff spreadsheet that will allow you to quickly and easily compare the two methods to see what works for you. Because if you do have a very large balance, there could be a significant enough difference where maybe you switch off methods. But for most couples that listen to the podcast, it's not that big of a deal. What's more important is that you find a method that you two are able to stay motivated on. And I will add many times, if this is just a numbers game, we wouldn't be in debt. It's a behavior thing. It's a mental mindset that we have that got us into debt. where We're thinking, well, if we can afford the payments, this is fine. We're well within our budget. The second hurdle that couples have when it comes to paying off debt is, again, staying motivated, especially when you have a huge amount of debt. Sometimes you'll see these stories online or in the news about people that paid off huge amounts. I'm talking about like 60,000, 70,000, or even 100,000 in two to three years. And while I think it's fantastic that they're able to make that much progress, I also know that sometimes these stories and only hearing and seeing these stories can almost be a demotivator for you. You might have a very large amount, maybe student loans or a second mortgage that you're trying to knock out, and it will be years before you're able to dig out of this. So staying motivated is absolutely crucial, but how do you do this? Well, there's three tips that I recommend for couples. The first one is set mini goals. So you do have the total balance in front of you. You know how much debt you're in, but break it down by type of debt. Do you have credit card debt? Then set a goal for knocking out your credit card debt. That is a huge win. And then if you have medical bills or car payments, break those things down. Make sure that you're aware of the progress you're making. And if you have a large debt, say student loans, you might even want to break that down into segments. Could be $5,000 segments. Make sure that you put it into more manageable, smaller chunks so it doesn't seem overwhelming. The second key step is tracking your progress with paying off your debt. It's great to have something visual that you can look at where you see that the balances are going down. Now, if you read my book, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money, I have a whole section on this on how to do money dates, how to review the numbers. And I recommend different tools and apps that are out there, which you can get for free over at Couple Money on the free toolkit page. And while you might be looking at the numbers, you or your partner might also need something more visual. I'm talking about charts or even, I know some people, what they do is they have a picture of what they're trying to pay off as a reminder. Whatever works for you, use it so you can keep focus on becoming debt-free. And this last one I see with couples where 
one is very focused on paying off debt and the other does want to get out of debt, but they are not exactly on board. Maybe they're dragging their feet. So my key tip here is limit deprivation. Yes, it's important to optimize your budget so you have more money available for paying off the debts. But that does not mean that you can't have some fun. Yes, you can still go on vacation, have some entertainment. Yes, even regular lattes. But instead of, for example, taking a vacation and relying on your credit cards, you're going to save up for them ahead of time. So these are debt-free vacations. You also are going to look for ways to go out. You're going to become an expert of your city. You're going to see where all the free and low-cost festivals are at, if there are any college bands in town, or if you're going to go to a big event, if there are any discounts. And yes, you can get that latte, but instead of paying for it on a daily basis, you're going to make it a weekly treat. Now, because you've reduced and not eliminated these areas in your budget, it's something that you can live with long term rather than cutting out everything that's fun and then quitting because you guys just are too deprived. Now, with saving more, what I notice as the biggest hurdle with couples is figuring out how aggressive or I guess you can say conservative they are with their emergency funds and savings. Generally, when I get emails or you guys message me, it's one of you needs to have a large amount of savings to feel comfortable while the other is perfectly fine with a very small buffer. And this is something that my husband and I personally deal with. For him, having six months or more of expenses stashed away in savings makes him feel more comfortable while I'm a little bit more flexible. And this is a case where I really think you need to sit down and talk about why it's important for either to have a large emergency fund or why you prefer to have a smaller buffer. I think what you'll discover is that you both have very valid reasons and it's a lot easier to come up with a compromise. For us, we do have a higher balance with our savings because I think he sleeps easier at night knowing that there's that safety net. You two could be sitting down and having a similar conversation, but come up with a different conclusion. And that's fine. The important part of this is for you to understand where your spouse is coming from with these feelings of either feeling comfortable or uncomfortable with certain parts of your finances. Once you have that in mind and once you understand why they feel that way, it's much easier to come up with a solution that works for both of you. And finally, with investing, the biggest hurdle that I see with couples is that you have completely different approaches when it comes to investing for your future. One of you may prefer to keep it relatively straightforward, your 401k, maybe your IRA. The other one wants to try different things, investing in real estate or starting a business. This doesn't mean that you're incompatible, but my advice is to sit down. Again, having these conversations is absolutely crucial, but look at your investments together as a big picture. Where do you guys want to go? How aggressive are you going to go with investing? And work out a plan where between the two of you, you can reach your mutual goals. Now, we can go really deep with investing, and I have some great episodes with certified financial planners and other financial experts, which I'll include in the show notes. The main part of this is for you to create an investment strategy 
that hits your mutual goals and that also reflects your personal risk tolerance. Before we wrap things up, here are some key takeaways I got while preparing for this episode. The first one is focus in on one goal at a time. You probably have a long to-do list, but if you want to see real results before the end of this year, go ahead and prioritize your goals. Focus in on one at a time until you knock it out. If the two of you are deep in debt and have no financial cushion, first get some emergency funds started. Then you can work on paying down your debts however you want to do that and then work on your other goals, but hone in on doing it one at a time. You'll make progress faster. And if you have a spouse that is kind of dragging their feet or they're not too motivated, focusing in on one goal can be encouraging because when they see that you guys are making some progress, you have something substantial to show for the effort, they are more likely to keep at it. The second is you don't have to be an expert before you start. You don't have to read all the books or listen to all the podcasts or check out all the sites to know exactly what you need to do. Just like we talked about before, the basics of financial wellness fits in with fitness and health. We know the essentials that we need to do, but if you're looking for some motivation, if you're looking for some ideas on what's going to work for you, then choose three, maybe four different resources, whether it's books, podcasts, sites, get enough to start you off, come up with a very basic plan and then move forward. Don't let perfection be the enemy of good. Making some progress, however imperfect, is going to motivate you to keep going. So don't feel like you have to be an expert with investing to get started with your finances. Start with the foundation and then build up from there. And finally, test out the different methods and keep the ones that work for you. If you read books, sites, or listen to podcasts, you're going to hear that there are some essential principles that we follow to get out of debt, to save for our goals, to start investing for our future. But the exact path that we take is different for every situation. For couples, there's different dynamics even within the relationship that's going to change how you approach finances. Some of you may find that your money dates look different than ours. You might also find that you prefer the debt avalanche to pay off your debts versus the snowball method. The methods themselves aren't important. The fact is that you found a system that works for you that gets you closer to your goal. So when you're listening to these shows or you're reading the books and websites, take notes, try different things out. You never know what's going to work. But when you find something that works, stick with it, be consistent. It will help you guys to reach your goals faster. And if you'd like to chat more, maybe swap ideas on what's working for you or ask other couples about certain apps that they're using, please join us in our private and free Facebook group over at Thriving Families. We love to share stories and tips about what we're doing as a family and encourage others to make their goals. So if you want to join us, please go over to couplemoney.com slash FB. We hope to see you there. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm going to have the resources we mentioned and other handy tools over in the show notes to help you save more of your money so you can spend it on what matters most to you. And to celebrate the end of season eight, we're doing some giveaways. Yep, several. 
I want to give you a leg up when it comes to your marriage and money, so I'm giving away a few of those books we mentioned along with an Amazon gift card. So if you want to sign up, just head over to couplemoney.com slash finlit. That's couplemoney.com slash F-I-N-L-I-T. I'll be giving away prizes through our season break, along with some extras. So please make sure you're a part of the community. I'm really excited about what we've done with this season. But next season, we have some big episodes planned. So I want to get you guys ready. And if you have a topic that you want me to cover, please reach out to me. Join us at the Thriving Families Group. You can email me if you're a newsletter subscriber. I'd love to hear your questions and ideas. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere. Finally, and most importantly, thank you for your support, your emails, reviews, just sharing your favorite episodes. They mean so much to me. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care. Take care.